Welcome to the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. Hello, listeners. Welcome to uh, the Youthscape podcast with me, Martin Saunders, and my friend, and I can't get rid of her, Rachel Gardner. Yeah! There she is. I'm there she on a is. swivel chair. Anyone else on a swivel chair and find it impossible to sit still? I'm, I'm even trying, and I'm still moving very imperceptibly. Hi, Martin. Are you okay? Hello. As long as it doesn't come out on the audio. <laughs> That's fine. Creaky That's chairs. Absolutely fine. As long as there's not a little squeak. Do you know, uh, our dear listeners have been through so much with us, haven't they? I think oh. a little squeak on my chair with the least of their worries. I <laughs> think so too. Uh, it's lovely. I saw you announce that we were recording this today. So this is yeah. in the past, this as it the were. This is in the past, yeah. But, uh, but you, you, people were very excited. Well, a person was really excited <laughs> that we were doing and another as, season. And as per usual, we take one person's comment and we conflate it and we make it a thousand. And well, that's what they excited. say. That's what they say in radio. One, one letter... From the yeah. uh, from the listener means a thousand people wanted to write. When I was so, a governor of a, of a school, we were also told that one parent that takes time to write in, you take it as if the entire year group has written. So I think we, we mustn't forget that our voice is powerful. There's a good lesson, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, that's a great this start. Podcast. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the good things of the last few months. So what have been some of the things... Try not to go straight to Netflix. But what have been some <laughs> of the things... That have kind of made you feel, okay, I can do this. I can keep going. I have some semblance of hope left within me. Hmm. I am, I I mean, this might go quite heavy quite quick. I'm Uh-oh. a restless soul. I'm a little bit of a wanderlust girl. So I find it very hard to stay put in one place at one time. And because of that, sometimes friendships have definitely suffered. Because I can be a little bit of a social butterfly. That's like, mm. this is fun, but I want to go somewhere else. And I think I have, you know, before we adopted our first child, I went through a bit of counselling because one of the things they spotted was, Rachel, you're not very good at just staying at home, are you? And I was like, no, I don't really want to stay at home. I want to get out and do things. Um, and so actually being forced to stay at home, for some, I've had many, many homes in my life. My parents were, were homeless and we lived with different people. So I think this has been the longest time that I've been physically indoors in a place that I've called home for probably ever in my life. I've been in, in properties longer, but in mm. terms of actually the amount of time in a day, um, and I haven't combusted. You know, yeah. the world hasn't come to an end. We've actually got to the end of the day still vaguely liking each other. And I think that probably is making me a little bit of a healthier youth worker because I'm probably learning just to sit still a bit more and let let people just sit around me and get a bit closer. That, that probably is a very good... That is very a very good thing for me. That's a very deep and worthy answer. I was just going to say <laughs> how much I'd loved WandaVision, but there you are, and and you're like you've got a proper meaningful uh, experience that you've had. That's fantastic. So I'm not having to shave my legs. I mean, that's the other one, but I wasn't going to go with that one first. Wow, just genuine hygiene. It's just oh. you know, I put I put perfume on when I'm about to go and sit on a Zoom call. Like, why am I doing that? I should just stink. I should just enjoy the fact that I can wear clothing that I haven't washed for about five weeks. So I sure I've been I've been there. looking at you on this Zoom call, thinking you were wearing animal print again, but actually, it's just your own hair. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> so there's always an upside, and I would like to know how many people have slightly minged out a little bit because I do feel like I'm a bit of a minger, and we have talked about this many times. This again. I know. I'm, I'm so sorry, but. 
I do feel it's been liberating. I think you give a lot of permission to a lot of people who, uh, let's just hope (gasps) that's what they needed. (laughs) Let's hope what they needed, yeah. How about for you then, as well as one division? Yeah, no, I've enjoyed that. I think probably um, something to do with uh, investing in relationships and Mm. friendships and people, a little bit what you were alluding to there, actually. Like, so, I'm so, so busy. um, Mm. And I'm very good at having lots and lots of kind of Mm. uh, shallow friendships with people not with shallow people although there are some i definitely know some shallow people but the um but more the depth that i've invested into that relationship is not not very much Mm -hmm. and so so actually one of the things that i've really enjoyed is like spending more time with certain people and and getting to know them better and um and i hope that's going to be something to carry forward you know in out of this time and that's what the whole point of this season really is what are the things that we can can learn from and say, do you know what? Actually, when when all else was stripped away, these were the things that mattered. What are the yes. things that we can then carry forward into whatever yes. comes next? So, so yeah, that and 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 Wonder Vision. I, I, I mean, I'm just completely hooked. So maybe, maybe <laughs> so I'll <good>. yeah. <laughs> leave I, it I think another little one for me has because I am getting on. I know I'm always going on about being a dinosaur, and I am quite a dinosaur, and I am quite shocked at how I've struggled, how much I have struggled with technology. I mean, let's face it, I always struggle. I mean, we do Netflix parties for the church youth, and I'm sat watching the film, and they're all watching it on Netflix party, and I haven't mm. even realised that I'm not watching it on I'm just such a disaster. But I have, what has totally blessed me, in the midst of all this slight angst that I felt, like, oh no, am I going to be fit to be a youth worker if yeah, the world has rapidly changed around me, and I'm struggling with the tech a bit um is the other day one of our young people just texted me and said are you taking the kids to the park can i just hang out with you guys for the day mm. or and and i think it is a reminder that oh actually i do that well i do standing in a park chatting with a teenager about nothing of any consequence well and actually it didn't need to be fun it didn't need to be an event that i put on it didn't need to be all zany they just needed to get out of a really difficult home environment um and and just hang with me and my ridiculously crazy three-year-old you know in the freezing cold for a couple of hours um and that was enough i think those i find those moments incredibly life-bringing and incredibly Mm. restorative and like oh actually i i enjoy i enjoy i really enjoy listening to young people and even though the world is changing rapidly that that beautiful call to be a minister of grace that is still yeah. one heart to another heart and and that's mm-hmm. oh that was that blessed me massively i think i kept telling them i'm so happy that you wanted to hang out with us today they're like get back in your box i've got nothing else to do i <laughs> wonder, be available <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder whether there's something as well about just in this time we're not taking those moments of of joy and light for granted so previously they they were there they were just part of the busy schmush of life and so we had loads of pleasures and loads of kind of happy things going on all the time and moments Mm -hmm. of joy and moments of purpose and meaning but it wrapped up in such a speed of life that we Mm -hmm. took them all for granted passed us by and what this time has also taught us to do is to you know i i sort of do half an examine every night now and just try and think through the good moments in the day Beautiful. and um i usually fall asleep during it which is why i say i do a half an examine but well, that's lovely Isn't but it's quite a nice way to fall asleep yeah. and um and like you know i think there is something about because we do feel like the moments of joy have been a bit more scarce we therefore take the time to appreciate them a bit more. Because even though I've been in this game for a very, very long time, and even though I have Dr. Lisa Shuka constantly in my ear saying, Rachel, don't extrapolate from one thing, something for the entire world, because that's what I do all the time. 
I still, I was on a, on a call with you, Martin, recently, where we were asked to talk about what we think is happening across the UK. Which is like, I'm like, I'll do that. I know nothing, but I'll talk about it. And I and I yes. made the comment. I'm, and I, but I made it in a really worthy way. Well, we're finding in Preston that older, yeah, and, and I, was, I made it in a kind of a, so therefore, because I'm finding it here, everybody else, you're just like, interestingly, the opposite is here, and I think it's, it's we have to kind of laugh at ourselves, don't we, because we are, we, as leaders, we want to make sense of things, we want there to be meaning, and so we are constantly searching for bigger meaning, and that's totally fine, and we all do it, and it's really good to do it, but the danger with that is that we then say, what I'm going through must be yes. what everyone's going through and so what I'm learning is obviously the magic bullet for everyone and I think probably if we are youth workers working in a church we are less dangerous at the moment than if we are working for parachurch organizations mm. where we potentially have a budget to say well here's a resource for everybody and church people is like nah nah <laughs> That's, that doesn't work for us so i think it's really good to have that humility of this might work this this you know there's some traction here for us if it works for you great if not don't worry so i think that's cool it's a good reminder now um there to has launch been... a resource that, well i'm just thinking <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, we, we promised a little bit of, of uh, Martin and Rachel Filler, but we've given you quite a lot today. So we are going to come on to our guests uh, now. And uh, there's a, a brilliant new piece of research uh, which has uh, has just been launched, just just come out, actually was all over the, the national media as well, yeah. which is really exciting Ooh. to see, um, which is a collaboration between Tear Fund and the Youthscape Centre for Research. Uh, and so, um, so we've talked to um, the people behind um, uh, the report, and it's uh, it's familiar familiar names, I'm sure. Um, and uh, and they unpacked some of what what's been found as they talk to young people about the climate crisis and its relationship to faith. Why don't we start with uh, Youthscape Sound, Lucy Shuka, um, and. Lucy, it's great to have you on the podcast for, I think, a record-busting 19th time. I think you're definitely the person who's on it the most, aren't you? I think this is my third time. No way is it your third time. Do, do, do you feel like I'm on the podcast more than I am? Because I don't think that's positive. Uh, I think it's it's like... what This will date me horribly, but it's like you think there were more episodes of Mr Ben than there were. There's actually only 12 episodes of Mr. Ben. Yeah, I don't know who Mr. Ben is. What? You're the same age as me. <laughs> only joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Sorry, that hasn't started well, has it? No, no. Once again, we are absolutely bitingly relevant for the kids talking about a, a show that last aired in 1983. So, um, so Lucy, we've got another piece of research uh, that yeah. Youthscape has been involved in. This time it's a, a, a partnership initiative with... Tear fun. And of course, we have the amazing Dot on the line as well. Hello, Dot. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, so we'll come to you in just a second. But uh, Lucy, why uh, just do you want to just tell us a little bit about the, the piece of research we've done, just intro it and why it was important for us uh, as a Youthscape Centre of Research to get involved? Sure. Yeah. So this new report is called Burning Down the House, and it's a study of young Christian teenagers uh, perceptions of the church when it comes to climate change and how they think about climate change in relation to their faith as well and now that's in some ways we don't have to 
say why that's relevant because the issue of climate change has been on our agenda you know for, for all of us much more in the last few years and we've we've had um media report after media report saying that uh, this is this is now a crisis and it needs a response i think for us as youthscape there's a couple of things there one is that we had been sort of wrestling as a team a little bit to try to work out what is going on with young people when it comes to thinking about climate change. So uh, we knew that there were, there were lots of teenagers who were really concerned about this and we'd come across the issue of climate anxiety, for example, and we knew that potentially there might be a generational thing going on as well where young people might even be more concerned than, than older people. Um, but we didn't really have that data so we, we, it, was, it was a kind of a sense, but it wasn't evidenced. Um, but we also weren't sure whether it was, whether it was all of them. So um, in the absence of having any, any information, often we sort of ended up falling back on the young people we happen to know. So our experience was that some of the young people that came to the drop-in, for example, at Youthscape, uh, they, they weren't as concerned as we thought they might be because no one had been talking to them about it. And whereas other young people, it was a real issue. And so we just, you know, we wanted to put some numbers in the place of, of, of anecdote um, and satisfy our curiosity a little bit so that we would know how to, how to respond as, a, as, you know, as the church and as youthscape as well. Uh, how could we help young people respond to this? Well, it's hard to know when you don't know how do they feel about it. Great. So, Dot, thank you for joining us as well. Mm. Um, obviously, this is going to be a, uh, an issue which is very close to Tear Fund's heart. But why did we need to do this piece of research now? What was the, the reason for you guys wanting to embark on this particular piece of research? Very similar to um, mm -hmm. you guys, to what Lucy shared, I think, that we have had so many young people over the last few years come and say, um, I'm really passionate about climate change, but the thing that really pivoted it for us was that there started to be a small narrative of, I'm struggling to find myself at home in church because of lack of engagement with climate change. Now, as a youth worker, that breaks my heart. And as somebody who's a youth worker in Tear Fund, who has, like, we are really passionate that the global church stand up against issues of poverty and climate change and climate crisis. And so, so to hear the beginning of a young generation saying, I can't enact response to climate change in their church. And so perhaps they're thinking of leaving. I was like, oh no, we can't, that, not on our watch as youth workers. Um, one of the things that's in the research is one of the young people in the focus groups said, um, when we asked, what would you like to say to leaders? They said, step up. I haven't heard anything from you yet. And I think it's that moment where you go, oh, okay, this is something bigger than one or two young people just who are keen. This is important for us as a church as a whole. Wonderful. So um, I guess before we move on to our third and perhaps I, I might say more important guest, um, Shall we just unpack a little bit of what the report um, shows? So the re research is called Burning Down the House um, and it's a brilliant name, by the way. And uh, you, you guys uh, obviously are making that available to people. You can tell us how we can get hold of it. But just uh, tease people a little bit with some of the findings. Why don't you go first, Dot, and, and talk about some of what's in the report? 
Absolutely. So you can go and get the report for yourself at weare.tfm.org forward slash burning down the house. Um, I guess the three headlines are that when it comes to climate response, young people are moved by faith about it. They see the gap between what they understand from the Bible and care for creation, what they experience in church, and they are asking us to lead. One of the biggest, and it, it, it shocks me if I'm honest, and I, I live in climate conversation for a lot of my life with young people. Um, the lead statistic is that nine out of 10 young Christians surveyed care about the climate, but only one in 10 think their church is doing enough. And that's staggering, that is a big gap. Um, so yeah, it's a little teaser. <laughs> and Lucy, do you wanna pull out anything that, uh, that's in the research that you think is particularly interesting? Yeah, sure. I think um, one of the one of the things that I think is important to notice is that the climate emergency is connected to other big issues that young people also care about. So we asked two questions. One was, in your own words, how do you want the world to be better in 10 years time? And the other was, how, how much are you concerned about these different kind of big issues? And the top three across both of those questions were discrimination, climate change and poverty. And, and in conversation with, um, in the focus groups that we ran, there was a real sense that young people are so aware of the, the, the kind of cultural moment that they're, that they're in, that there is, um, there is such sensitivity to the problem of discrimination, of racism, of different kinds of um, sexism or of homophobia. We've had waves of kind of revelations about how systemic this stuff is. And when you put that alongside climate change as well, rather than see these things as kind of big overwhelming issues that are all separate from each other that we, that, that we have to sort of deal with one by one, actually there is um, growing awareness for this generation that these are things that we need to talk about together and we need to respond um, to together. I think we also found as well as high levels of um, concern themselves, 98% said, I've got friends that care about this. And I suspect that's, that's a number that would have been going up if we'd have asked that 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that number would have been a lot lower. So there's a general sense that for young people, as well as for older age groups as well, that consciousness is just is rising and rising that this is something we need to respond to. But in terms of the, the church, I think it's it's funny, there is this gap that Dot talked about there, that they're, they're moved by faith, and actually they do look to church leaders, they, they're not abandoning, they're not at the stage yet of saying the, the church has no role to play for us, they're saying the church is important and we want we want you to help us, we want, we want you to lead, we want you to give us opportunities to to actually do something about this so when we said you know what what's the most important thing adults in your church could do to help you respond to climate change it wasn't so much uh talk about it or even pray about it those things were lower down um, in the list but the things that were right at the top were show me practically how to make a difference and give me opportunities to do that. So can we go on a practical journey of action together that you facilitate that I can join in with? Um, and so, I mean, that feels like just such an open door for youth workers and church leaders to just create some practical action and say to young people, come on, let's do this together. I, I think one of the things I love about the research uh, is that it feels like uh, the prophetic voice of young people to the church. 
on something which is of massive importance in our culture and our time. Um, and so, you know, it's a brilliant thing to read through. But there's one thing reading, you know, reports and statistics. And let me say how important those are, Lucy. Uh, but it's also another thing to actually listen to the voice of uh, the emerging generations. Uh, and so um, alongside you two amazing venerated experts, we have uh, with us today a actual young person, um, which is Shanti, who is, I think, uh, joining, joining me from university uh, this morning in, uh, in Falmouth. Is that right, Shanti? Yes, hello. Thanks for making time from your busy schedule of looking at a screen, I would imagine. Um, yeah. so, uh, so just how, um, how does this all resonate with you? You know, I, you've been involved in, in this a little bit. Um, uh, you've obviously been involved in uh, the research and also as the research has been explained and unpacked and disseminated, you've been one of the voices that's speaking into it a little bit. Um, how, do you, how do you see maybe some of the connections between this massive issue of climate justice and, um, and, and the fact that you're a Christian and your Christian life and what that means? I think for me, for a long time, they were very separate parts of my life and I definitely didn't really even think that they could go together. Um, but I think through Tear Fund's kind of work and a lot of other places, I think it's all kind of come together. I'm like, wow, this really is something that is linked and should be linked and I think that's made it even more powerful I guess how I feel about climate justice is backed up even more by my faith and the fact that God really cares about it too um yeah and why, why do you think then that churches and it's hard to generalize because obviously there are some churches do, doing brilliant work in this area um but why do a lot of churches not manage to make that link do you think I think in my experience of churches, um, obviously our priority as a church is to tell people about God's grace and tell people about Jesus. Um, and when that is the priority, it's easy to forget about other things and think that that's the only thing we need to be focusing on and we shouldn't worry about anything else. But actually, yes, that is our priority, but we can do so much to help other things and that won't take away from what we're doing and telling people about Jesus. If anything, it will help it as well. Um, yeah, I think it's really easy to kind of block other things out. Um, and also, I guess climate justice and all these other things, as Lucy was saying, are so linked. And when you start kind of stepping into that and trying to make a difference, it can be really overwhelming. And yeah, I guess it's easier for churches to kind of stay away from it. Um, but I guess that doesn't mean that we should stay away from it, I think. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And I guess just trying to get really practical, what, what would you like to see? Let's, let's try and make it like one thing, but what, what is something that you'd really like to see your average church or maybe, you know, considering the people are listening now, your average youth group, what's one change you'd love to see them make on this, on this issue? I think youth groups are a really good place for encouraging each other and being vulnerable with each other and helping with like, things that you're struggling with in life and often I guess in my experience again it's always been about your faith and like being Christian at school and things like that but it could definitely easily be extended to practical steps that we're taking in our lives and encouraging each other in that as well to fight the climate crisis and other big issues in the world um yeah and just encourage each other in those things 
do you, do you feel a sense of hope or a sense of despair about the future? You know, do you think, oh gosh, this is just so bad, we can't fix this? Or do you have some sort of, you know, do you feel like you and your generation actually feel more hopeful than that? I think I have days of both. There are some days when it is all just so overwhelming and there's so much going on mm. and I'm just one little person. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I can't do anything. Um, but then I think there's definitely more hope than that. Um, and it's so encouraging to hear, I guess, the work that Tear Fund and Youthscape have been doing and hear that there are so many other people who feel the same as me and people really are pushing to make a difference and change the world. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of hope. Thank goodness. Uh, thanks, Shanti. <laughs> Thank you for, for coming and joining us uh, today. Um, Dot, I guess as we bring this to a close, I, I guess I want to ask you, you know, what are you hoping will be the impact of this research? You know, it's great to publish research. It's great to be informed, mm -hmm. but it feels like there's more of a, a in, in the best sense of the word, an agenda behind this research. Mm -hmm. So what are you hoping happens and changes? Oh, you know me, Martin. I'm, I'm ambitious when it comes to hope. <laughs> um, I think a couple of things. So one is, I would love to see the church in the UK pick up that mantle where um, the Lord invites us to be really good caretakers of the planet, not, not just out of a sense of duty, but because this is our, it's our worship, it's part of our glorifying God. And so as we raise up young people to be followers of Jesus, we follow in, that, in those footsteps. And I think in that space, we are creating more whole disciples of young people who understand that what I do here impacts Jessie, who's a grandmother in Malawi who can't feed her children. And then the second thing that is my big hope, and this is, um, I don't know, maybe a bit wild, but I just, I think there's something in the church engaging with the climate conversation that on my most positive days, I'm like, we could see a real revival of young people coming to engage with the church because the church has finally, no, I don't mean that in a criticism way, but the, the church has stood up for something that matters, that's important, that society knows is important. And so instead of fighting society, we've said, we agree. Mm. And more than we agree, we're gonna lead. And so where you care about this, we care about it more because we're followers of Jesus. So come with us. So my most hopeful days, I'm believing for a revival of young people coming back to church and living whole life discipleship. <laughs> Big. Wonderful. We're with you. Um, Lucy, just remind us where we can get hold of this. So what, um, if people want to read the research now, how can they get hold of it? Yeah, they need to go to weare.tearfund.org forward slash burning down the house. Um, but to be honest, if you just Google burning down the house, tear fund, or Youthscape, you will find it and you can download a copy. There's also on that page, um, a really short video, it's three minutes long and it's direct quotes from the young people who took part in the survey where we asked them at the end of that survey, you know, what is your one message to the church on this issue? And we just took a load of those and we, we, we asked some young people who were happy to participate just to speak those messages out. And I would just really encourage everyone to go and watch it, but also show it to your church because I don't know how many times I've watched it now. And when it gets to the, there's a killer line at the end. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to wait to the end of three minutes, but it's worth it 
because um, that this line at the end is what the whole thing, to be honest, can be summed up as. Um, oh, shall I tell you? I, don't, I feel like you should leave them in, in, in suspense. I'm going to and, and leave you to go and find it um, because if there's one message really that comes from that research, it, it's, it's what the, the, those young people say in the last few minutes of that, of that video. Interestingly, we had a hunch that this is what we would find, but I still think every time I listen to the team behind the research talking about it, I'm, I'm still, Martin, so sort of taken aback about how huge this is and how the church really needs to get behind conversations around climate justice and, and to yeah. respond, not just to be a talk shop, but for, for young people to look to a church that's leaning forward, is active, is engaged, um, yeah. And those statistics, they just they just stick with me. I just think, oh gosh, I want to yeah. get into every single church leader. Now, excitingly, lots of us are probably thinking, how, what can we do? Is there some kind of resource that we could use? And there is, Martin. Yes, don't worry. We at Youthscape have solved the climate crisis. <laughs> uh, no, we haven't. That, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> obviously. Um, uh, no, so we have, uh, we've been producing these uh, resources called Shuffle for uh, a few years now. And it's a, it's a simple concept, really. Uh, it's a set of cards that you give to a young person, 42 cards, and you work through the cards, one card a day, and each card has a challenge, uh, a little inspirational quote, either from the Bible or from somebody wise, yeah. um, and uh, a little prayer. And uh, that's it. And, and each day you just work your way through it. It's kind of like a sort of devotional resource, I guess you would say. Uh, and the idea is that if you take one out and you don't like the challenge, you can put it back into the deck, shuffle the pack and take a different one. That's the that's the whole idea. Can you give us an example of, of any of the, the challenges on that in particular? Uh, well, so the previous ones, the previous ones we've done have been a resource around uh, faith, a, yeah. a resource to explore Christian faith. So some of the challenges on that would be like try fasting for yes, you know, missing yeah. a meal or, or it'd be, you know, try praying for three friends for a week and seeing what happens. Then we did a resource to help young people build their emotional kind of wellness and yeah. um, uh, and their mindset. So it was called uh, Shuffle Mindset Edition. And so some of those were kind of uh, challenges, as you might expect, uh, about building those muscles and involving God in that process. And then uh, this latest edition of Shuffle, I've got there in the end, is called the Green Edition. Love it. Uh, not just because it is green, but also because it's all about um, challenges that draw the connection between climate care and the Christian faith. And so it's giving young people 42 practical ways to kind of um, put put those two concepts together and make sense of them through practice and action. Yeah. Uh, you can get it on the Youthscape store at Shuffle Green Edition. Um, and I, I think it's genuinely a really great way to engage with uh, these issues. Um, so check it out on the Youthscape store. Awesome. And, uh, and get yourself a coffee. And, and also, it could be a way that, that the wider church gets involved as well. So we've, we've created these, really, for use with young people. But imagine yes. if a young person in a church hands it over and says to a church leader or someone, I'd love you to do this. If, if leadership took on these challenges, that could be an amazing way of the church responding to these issues. So I hope, that's, I hope you found that inspiring today. Um, we're going to do another podcast next week. Rachel and I will be here yet again with another <laughs> fabulous guest. Woo-hoo. See you then. <laughs>